630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Kajula looking for the activating nurse. He's got him to win it. Nurse shoots and scores! Darnell Nurse! Elects not to shoot. Pressure by Gerard. Then threw him aside to the net. Back door. One-timer score! Connor McDavid ends the game! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Two games in the Stanley Cup playoffs tonight. One is underway. Another one will get going after 8 o'clock. Captain Canada taps on the uh, shoulder of Connor McDavid as he will lead Team Canada into the World Hockey Championships in Denmark, which will start on Friday. Canada will play the United States. We'll hear from him in a moment. The Oilers, hey, they will not draft first overall. And Oiler fans and the rest of the National Hockey League go, whew, especially the rest of the National Hockey League. We'll discuss that much, much more later on in the uh, program. How's, how's it going here uh, tonight, this Monday evening? Beautiful, beautiful Monday from the uh, point of view that we had sunshine. Temperature not too bad out there. Unlike yesterday when it was, it felt like October after a few days of it feeling actually like summer. So... Uh, we can't have it all, but considering what uh, we have put up with in, well, for the most of this month, when you uh, look back in Easter, we'll, uh, we'll we'll take this right now. There, there's nothing wrong with this. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins for one more evening. Reed will return tomorrow back from his uh, week off. Looking forward to having uh, Reed back in the chair been a lot of fun to be in this chair as well. So coming up on the show, yes, we will talk about uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Bob Stoffer will join us after the uh, news update at 6.30. Jen Kish retires today from competitive sport. Uh, of course, she's the uh, Canadian Women's Rugby Sevens captain and has really been an ambassador and, and a trailblazer as far as uh, sport in this country, obviously for the uh, Rugby Sevens program for the women, for the sport of rugby period. Uh, she has definitely been a trailblazer and phenomenal person as well. But she retires after 13 years uh, competing on the national stage. And unfortunately for her, she had to retire early just because um, the injuries just really really caught up to her. She was supposed to compete in a couple more events, uh, but she just simply couldn't do it. Uh, She's had hip issues. She's had shoulder issues. It's been 13 brutal years on her body. She's only 29, but um, she probably feels like she's much older, so we'll hear from her. Uh, U of A Golden Bears completed their spring camp uh, yesterday. They had the green versus gold game. The camp began on Thursday. And this is a team that uh, finished 3-5 and five last year, made the postseason, and had the head Creighton Award winner, Ned Elnicki, their fine running back. So Elnicki's not here anymore because he completed his uh, eligibility. He's with the Ottawa Red Blacks right now, and hopefully he'll make that team. Uh, they do have Mark Cordy, but uh, will he be in the NFL? Will he be in the CFL? He's got looks from both leagues, and coming up he's going to uh, 
join a couple of uh, NFL mini or rookie mini camps. So we'll talk to Chris Morris about that. And Jelena Mergenovich wins fight 50 down at the Shaw Conference Center, improving her record to 38-10-2, defeating Stephanie Ducastel of France in the unanimous decision to retain her WBA and WBC featherweight titles. You can text in at 630-630. Uh, you can tweet me at Dave underscore Chad. You can call in at 780-496-0063 as well. So here's the update from the National Hockey League tonight. Down in Tampa, round two, game two, Eastern Conference between the Tampa Bay Lightning at home to the Boston Bruins. Lightning trying to even up the series. Here's Point up top now. Sergachev settles the puck looking for a lane. Point goes rink wide left of the net. Fired. They score. That's the play. If the referees had seen the fact that the net was off, the faceoff would have been out in the neutral zone. Now here's Marshan wheels in around a check to the far circle. It's centered. McAvoy shoots. He scores! Charlie McAvoy coming through the slot. Celebrates his first career playoff goal as he's whistling inside the near post. And the Bruins have tied it at one. So Yanni Gord with his second goal of the playoffs. And you just heard Charlie McAvoy with his first ever National Hockey League goal. A 1-1 tie between the Bruins and the Lightning. A pretty even period when it comes to, obviously, in the goal department. And in the shot department, 10-8. In fact, Tampa had the first 10 shots of the period. And Boston, they recorded the next eight. So that's weird. So a bit of an uneven period, even though it evens out. And Tampa Bay, a lot better in the slot where they were not very good. A lot of missed shots in game one. And they're capitalizing a lot more in the scoring chances as far as executing shots. So it's been a pretty entertaining period so far and a nasty period as well as uh, this game is at 1-1 at the uh, end of the first period of play still to come tonight it's game number three in the western conference round two between the san jose sharks and the vegas golden knights and that series is tied at one after a seven nothing win by the knights in game one and it just looked like there was no way that the (laughs) Sharks would be able to match the speed or slow it down uh, of, of the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, but they found a way in Game 2, much better at slowing that speedy team down and generating their own chances. And the Sharks will have Evander Kane back in the lineup this evening after serving a one-game suspension in Game Number 2, and he's been good at home. He was acquired at the trade deadline, and 8 of his 14 points with the Sharks in the regular season have come on home ice. The uh, Toronto Blue Jays are in action. They are starting a series in Minnesota against the Twins. And the Jays, they scored a big win yesterday over the Texas Rangers, but finished only uh, with three wins on their 10-game homestand. So not a good performance there. Uh, They did have a pretty good month of April. They uh, had a winning product. but uh, they need to kind of turn things around a bit, and uh, that game is just getting underway. In the uh, WHL tonight, we got two games going on, uh, and the WHL final, by the way, can be set if the Swift Current Broncos and the Everett Silvertips win Game 6. Swift Current with a three games to two lead over the Leftbridge Hurricanes. That game is in Leftbridge tonight, and the Tri-City Americans are down 3-2 to the Everett Silver Tips, and the Tips with the win uh, in Tri-Cities can advance to the WHL Final. That would be a very good matchup. Uh, Stuart Skinner leading the way, or their draft pick, Edmontonian uh, in net, and Carter Hart 
of Sherwood Park, Philadelphia Flyers draft pick, I believe. Uh, he is uh, leading the way for the for the Everett Silvertips. So there you go. Doyle Cup, uh, it's a night off. The Spruce Grove Saints, uh, not, a good, uh, not a good weekend against the uh, Wenatchee Wild in the uh, Doyle Cup for the right to uh, represent the Pacific region at the RBC Cup. Uh, they dropped both games, so the Saints looking to climb back into the series tomorrow at uh, two games to one. And uh, next couple of games are in Spruce Grove for sure. In the NBA tonight, uh, one series gets underway in the second round. The Boston Celtics at home to the Philadelphia 76ers. The Raptors tomorrow will begin game one of their Eastern Conference semifinal series against who else? LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers, the team that has ousted the Raptors in the last two playoffs two years ago in the Eastern Conference final last year in the second round. This time, the Toronto Raptors are the number one seed. Connor McDavid, though, Edmonton Oilers captain, and now he's the captain of Team Canada as he was named captain at their training camp in Riga, Latvia. The uh, Canadians will have a pre-tournament game against the Latvian national team tomorrow before uh, heading off to Denmark and playing their first tournament game on Friday against the United States. But speaking earlier today on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Connor McDavid talking about the honour of being named captain for Canada. Uh, it's so special. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very proud to be able to represent my country and, and to wear the... To see it uh, definitely means a lot to me, but um, I definitely don't take it for granted. There's so many different guys uh, on this team that uh, you know I should that, that can be wearing it, and um, I definitely don't take it for granted. Like I said, McDavid talking about the uh, pressure Canada faces at every international tournament. Uh, yeah, there is, but uh, you know we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Uh, you know whatever the pressure is on the outside, uh, you know we uh, we expect even greater things on the inside. So um, we uh, understand that. Uh, you know, we can be uh, a bit of a target sometimes, and, and uh, we try to do our best to bring it each and every night because we know that uh, the team we're playing is, is going to bring it. And McDavid is uh, well-versed in playing for Canada, played uh, for Canada two years ago at the Worlds, uh, helping the this country win a gold medal uh, at that tournament, also has uh, competed for Canada at the World Junior level uh, this time around. And we know... Uh, how well Connor McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins meshed together uh, down the stretch in the final 20-some-odd games when Ryan Nugent Hopkins came back from his concussion and uh, spent, uh, except for a couple games, because uh, I believe it was, growing, yeah, it was a growing injury late in the uh, season, in the regular season, that, uh, that uh, halted the momentum of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. But then he came back and he played pretty well in the final few games. But uh, good chemistry between Connor McDavid and, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And Bill Peters, who is the head coach for Team Canada, also the new head coach of the Calgary Flames, said, I'm putting those two together. It's just a question of who McDavid plays with. Well, he's, he's been playing with Josh Bailey on his right side and says he's just right now working on getting to know Bailey more. It's obviously early, and we've only practiced here three times. But, uh, but it feels good. Um, uh, obviously, he was able to build a little bit of chemistry with Nugent down the stretch and um, you know obviously Dales is a guy that uh, that has had a lot of success in the league and has been around a long time and, and uh, you know had a great year especially this year so um, you know it's, uh, it's fun to be able to play with guys like that Now we know Connor McDavid loves playing the game of hockey but we know the regular season is a grind uh, playoffs are a grind 
I mean, last year McDavid didn't go to the Worlds. Uh, this year, after the playoffs were over, well, well, it was second round, so probably pretty late to do that. But you know, Taylor Hall's not going, for example, after the Devils losing five games to the Tampa Bay Lightning. But uh, this time around, obviously a tough year for the Oilers, tough year for McDavid. Uh, personally, uh, he won the Art Ross Trophy for the second straight year. Not nominated for the Hart Trophy. That's a bit of a head scratcher. Um, and nominated for the Ted Lindsay Award, which is awarded to the most outstanding player in the National Hockey League, which is McDavid, and that award is voted on by the players. So a good year personally for Connor McDavid, but he parks that and he wants team success. The team did not have a good day or a good year, uh, but he says, you know, I want to participate in the World Hockey Championships. I think uh, for me it does two things. Uh, like you said, it allows me to continue, and, and that's something that I want to do. Uh, I definitely feel like there's, uh, there's hockey left for me, and, and uh, I don't want to just be sitting at home. But, um, the other thing I think it does is it just gives you a chance to, to play for something special and to connect with a group that you know, just comes together for a short time, and, and everyone gets to know each other. You know, it's always a fun tournament, but at the end of the day, we come together to try and win, win something special. And, and uh, I did it in 2016. We were able to win, and I remember, uh, you know, I have great memories from that tournament. I'm looking to do the same here. So basically, participating in the World Hockey Championships, according to Connor McDavid, it it simulates playoff conditions, and he definitely wants to be playing at this time of year at the at the National Hockey League level. You want to win, no matter what you're doing, and we weren't able to do that this year, so I want to have a chance to go win and and, uh, and do something special here. Um, I think the other, the other thing that this tournament allows for is your body just to, to get used to playing, uh, you know, deeper in the year. I mean, obviously, the World Championships is quite compared to the Stanley Cup playoffs and, and the type of grind that, uh, that your body goes through. But you know, you're still playing hockey and, and uh, you're still keeping the body moving uh, in, the, in, in the late May. And you know, that's what we're looking to play next year. So there you go. Connor McDavid named captain for Team Canada. They begin play officially on Friday against the United States in Denmark. They have a pre-tournament game tomorrow against the Latvian national team in Riga, Latvia, where the uh, Canadians are holding their uh, training camp. Other uh, news today in the, from the hockey world, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, and Lou Lamorello. Uh, parting ways when it comes to the general manager portfolio, but Lamorello is staying on as a senior advisor. Uh, team President Brendan Shanahan had this plan of, uh, and he's still to it, Lamorello would stick around for three years as a GM and then stick around for four years as a senior advisor if Lamorello chooses to do so. Don't know if there's anyone else out there that in the National Hockey League world would, that will want to employ uh, Lou Lamorello, but that remains to be seen. Uh, the Hurricanes today, they have terminated the contract of General Manager Ron Francis. They demoted him basically uh, after. Uh, well, a couple months ago, is reassigned to another front office position while the team began a search for a new GM. Of course, Bill Peters, as we mentioned before, he left the Carolina Hurricanes as their head coach, and he signs with the uh, uh, with the Calgary Flames. So uh, there you go. Uh, that's some of the headlines, and that's some of what's uh, what's making things, uh, or what what we uh, what has made some sports news today. Oh, back to hockey. There will be no disciplinary action for Washington Capitals winger Tom Wilson for his hit to the head of Pittsburgh Penguins defenseman Brian Dumoulin. Happened last night. Uh, Dumoulin uh, Wilson struck Dumoulin in the head with his left shoulder in the second period of yesterday's game two. No penalty was called in the play. Kind of a weird play, where yeah. Uh, Wilson, who has a bad reputation, has been suspended twice already this season. He's a repeat offender. Um, he was suspended, I believe, back in preseason. But it looks like that he 
because Alex Ovechkin was bearing down on uh, Dumoulin as well, and it looked like Tom Wilson was trying to protect himself so he wasn't, you know, wouldn't get walloped and wouldn't wallop his teammate Alex Ovechkin. And it was just an unfortunate circumstance. It was a head hit, but you know it's hard to it's hard to judge intent. Not that intent is the end all and be all when you suspend someone, but uh, it definitely looked like a very innocent play. Still, a little surprised that there was no discipline that came towards Tom Wilson, even by reputation. But anyway, uh, that series resumes tomorrow. That series tied at one as it heads back to Pittsburgh. The other uh, Western Conference series. Um, oh man, this this series has been good and then some. The Winnipeg Jets at home to the Nashville Predators. That series is tied up at one. They're underway. Uh, second period play in Tampa Bay. Eastern Conference round two se- uh, series. This is game two. Tampa Bay Lightning trying to even up the series at one and they're at 1-1 right now with the Boston Bruins. It's 622. Back with more in a moment. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. 624, welcome back to the show. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Reed will return tomorrow, and we're action-packed tomorrow as well in uh, Reed's return. Uh, NHL on Rogers analyst Kelly Rudy will join Reed. Also, Edmonton Eskimos kicker Sean White in studio. And uh, that and much more on the show tomorrow. Uh, with Reed Wilkins on Thursday. We'll be live on location at the CFL Draft at Commonwealth Stadium. Now, the draft isn't being held at Commonwealth Stadium, but, of course, the Eskimos will be busy. As the rest of the CFL that evening, the Eskimos will draft six overall. They have eight picks in total. I have no idea how this is going to go. The CFL Draft is the most unpredictable draft of all drafts. But, uh... I don't know. <laughs> the one thing I, I could tell you is that the uh, a trade could be in the in the offing or, or could happen because the Eskimos don't have a pick in the second or third round. And a team like Hamilton, the Tiger Cats, they have five picks in the first three rounds. I'll just throw that out there. That's a possibility. Uh, by the way, tonight at 10 o'clock, Edmonton time is a roster cutdown uh, period or deadline as all teams have to get down to 75 players on their roster heading into a training camp which begins uh, officially on May the 20th on the field uh, around the uh, Canadian Football League so we'll, uh, we're awaiting that as well if it comes in we'll let you know um, I don't think there's going to be anything earth shattering with these cuts at all um, there might be a surprise, but usually the surprises are saved for when the actual roster is cut for the uh, for the season. And that won't come until you know in June. So we got some time here. Uh, Oil ten texts in. You can text in at six thirty six thirty and says Dave Todd McClellan, a very loyal guy, rather than release. Uh, Jay Woodcroft, which may have been warranted, he says in brackets. He promotes him. Hope it is deserved and not just looking after a buddy. So, and I, I've heard this sentiment as well. And, you know, we could ask Bob Stoffer, and I probably will ask this uh, of Bob Stoffer as well, that that perception is out there. Um, you know, I think this is an organizational shift. Um, I don't know if there was any internal pressure or any pressure on Tom McClellan to let go Jay Woodcroft, but this is a way to put him on the farm, and Jay Woodcroft seems to be a pretty smart guy. Still fairly young, 41 years years of age, uh, but this is a chance to 
have someone down on the farm that aligns with the philosophy and the and the style of play that Todd McClellan wants to employ, that there's someone that knows the system intimately instead of having it being taught, you know, from a secondhand point of view. Well, Jay Woodcroft has been in the system. He understands Todd McClellan. They've been working together for an awfully long time. And, yeah, it was a down year for the coaching staff as well. And that it does include Jay Woodcroft. So I'm curious to see how this works out myself. Um, and it's interesting because um, there's a lot of players that will be on the farm soon that have been drafted in the last couple of years that have a lot of talent and will need to be seasoned and whatever, however long that takes, that, I mean, how are they going to manage down on the farm? And that's up to Jay Woodcroft to make sure that they're ready, that they understand the system, they understand what they're getting into. Uh, and I'm thinking of Kyler Yamamoto, who's probably the first guy of that group that's going to be an Edmonton Oiler full-time, and it could happen as early as next season. Don't know if he starts the season with the Oilers, but at some point you think he's going to factor in at some point. News is next from the 6.30 Chad 24-Hour News Center. And when we uh, return, we will be joined by the aforementioned Bob Stauffer, host of Oilers Now and Oilers uh, radio analyst here on the uh, Oilers radio network. 6.28, back with more Inside Sports after the news. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 6.30 Chad. 6.33, Campbell in for Wilkins. Tonight on the program, Reed is back tomorrow. Still a 1-1 tie, getting to the midway point of the second period, uh, Game 2, Round 2 of this Eastern Conference series between the Boston Bruins and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, 1-1 is the score still to come tonight. After 8 o'clock in San Jose, the Sharks and the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, Round 2, Game 3 of the Western Conference, of their Western Conference series. Series tied up at 1. Um, it looked like for a while there that Vegas was going to run away with it, but then the Sharks made a series of it. Uh, pleased to be joined by this man, the uh, host of Oilers Now, uh, Bob Stoffer. Bob, uh, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Not bad. Not bad at all. You and I are going to be spending a lot of time together over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm filling in for Reed tonight. Reed's back, and then I'm filling in for uh, Brendan Ulrich for the next couple of weeks as he goes on his little Mexican siesta or whatever the heck he's going to do. You whatever. and I single 20 something guys do right that's <laughs> whatever that's that's right enjoy it now <laughs> while well, it lasts we to, hopefully we don't have to bail him out of jail <laughs> that's right oh <laughs> uh, yeah that's right so anyone who knows brendan knows that he likes he likes to have a good time let's just let's just put it that way so yes uh today you, you had a chance to speak with Connor mcdavid uh live from riga latvia and um you know, obviously, he's honored to to be the captain for Team Canada. I think it was a no brainer. Um, I think anyone that you talk to that has any sense uh, would agree that it's a no brainer. What really struck me in the conversation, Bob, is how he talked about how important it is in a tough season where the Oilers didn't make the playoffs for him to keep playing hockey, to simulate playoff hockey, to keep his body ready. That really jumped off the uh, page for me. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, my guess is, you know, Con- Connor is a player with uh, an immense amount of passion, and uh, he did everything he could to get the Oilers in the playoffs this year. And I, I don't think he's 
burdened by the weight of expectation for the city, for the fans of the team, um, and because I think that the guy that puts the greatest amount of pressure on himself is Connor McDavid. I, I, so that is my own personal interpretation of being around him the last three years. Um, you know, the relationship is strictly one where I'm a broadcaster, you know, color guy and host that travels with the team. We try to leave them alone, leave players alone, just like you and Morley do, you know, with the football guys. But you, there are certain guys where you can see that intensity. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, Connor is, uh, he's an all-in player, which bodes very well for Edmonton. Uh, you know, he signed that eight-year extension. And, and with that is going to come uh, tremendous expectation. And the expectation at the time that he signed that deal was that the Evans and Letters would once again be a 45-win, 100-point team, and that did not come to fruition this year. So I think there's some sting to what's happened here for uh, Connor. And uh, I take him at his word. Like, uh, I, my hope, Dave, is that over the next uh, five to seven years, we're not doing shows where we're talking about Oilers players playing for the World mm-hmm. Hockey Championship, and I think Connor McDavid's going to do everything possible to ensure that that happens. Well, yeah, I mean, last year was a nice change, you know, that we didn't have to talk about this, um, and you know, we talked about a disappointing end to the season after a second round loss in Game Seven to the Anaheim Ducks, and not that you want to talk about that every year because the goal is to win every season, but that's more along the lines. And you know, Connor McDavid seems like a player um, that. You know, it's whatever you give me, I will make it work. You know, and 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 he, you know, they found a winger on the left side with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. The right side was a bit of an issue. They usually on dry saddle at times, but he's he's a player to me that says, "Give me whoever you you, you want to give me." And clearly, he might have some preferences, but you know, I, I will find a way to make it work because that's the responsibility I have, being the best player on this team and being the best player in the in the league and in the world. Well, the last two first-round picks are going to have to eventually be transitioned into the roles there, right, with uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl, respectively. And that is, yes, the Pugliarvi, and then uh, Tyler Yamamoto. And, I, you know, I know that there was a lot of fans out there that thought that Pugliarvi should automatically receive power play time. Uh, I actually think the best that Pugliarvi played, Dave, was on the third line with Jujar Kara and Ryan Strom, where he was getting matchups against third-pairing defense defenses. I still think... He is a major work in progress and far from a completed prospect. And the guy that I've compared him to is Blake Wheeler. And that is sacrilegious for Winnipeg Jets fans to hear. <laughs> but at 19 years of age, Blake Wheeler was playing the third line at the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers. So you need to realize how far Blake Wheeler came as a player. And it's not going to happen overnight for Yessa. Uh, you know, there, there was a language barrier. There was a cultural issue. And, you know, better organizations in this day and age are more open-minded and more accepting and more willing to take on people from different backgrounds. And I think it's incumbent upon the Oilers to uh, show some real patience there. But I think in time, one of Pugliarvi or Yamamoto will end up on the right wing. Short term, it's going to be Ty Ratty. And, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins looked pretty good on the left side. I think Leon Dreisaitl's got to drive his own lane, uh, drive his own line. Dave, that's the other part of it. Yeah, he's he's got to be a guy, you know, moving forward, and they got to find a guy that can play with them, and maybe two, and they may already have those two players in the organization because they're going to need to have Lucic bounce back. But fair comment by you on McDavid. Uh, he tilts the ice regardless of who he plays with, 
but I think as we watch the and, and the, the comparable I'll give is nobody thought that Kyle Connor would be a thirty goal scorer this year in Winnipeg, but he did. So let's not put limitations on what could theoretically happen moving forward with Yamamoto and Poliari. Because for me, it's not a matter of if it's going to happen for those guys; it's when. Mm-hmm. But that said. Just don't get discouraged if there's some bumps in the road along the way. Bob Stoffer joining us here on uh, 6.30, Chad, Inside Sports. Getting some questions tonight about, uh, and, and it happened on Friday too, when it was announced that Todd McClellan would be retained, but the entire coaching staff would be changed. But Jay Woodcroft is staying on within the organization as the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors in the American Hockey League. Some people are wondering, is that a demotion for Jay Woodcroft, or is that Tom McClellan saving his, his guy? Um I mean, at the end of the day, isn't it, isn't it, uh, well, I'll, I'll ask you, to me, it seems like you need some balance and you need some continuity from your NHL level to your AHL level and make sure that they're all in sync there instead of teaching someone secondhand or explaining your, your, your message secondhand and hoping that they pick it up. And it's, you know, Jay Woodcroft has been beside Tom McClellan for so long that you wouldn't have to do that. Yeah, you know, there's a definite continuity perspective. Here's the thing. At this stage of the game, for a lot of Oilers fans, uh, coming off the season that Edmonton had, it doesn't matter what I might say. But what I am telling you is it's my belief that Jay Whitcroft was given the option, okay? He could have stayed as an associate coach for the Oilers. And I think he felt that the time was right for him to take the next step in his coaching journey. But I believe if Jay had wanted to, he would have remained in that role uh, with the orders on Todd's staff. Now, does that necessarily mean that there weren't people that suggested it might be good for him to go down and be the American Hockey League head coach at this time? I absolutely believe that was the case. But I also think that if push had come to shove, he would have had the option to stay if he really so was so inclined. And uh, what people need to know what's different about Jay Woodcroft is his family is from Edmonton. His wife is from Edmonton. His extended family is from Edmonton as well. So I'm sure this wasn't an easy decision. Part two of that is, I believe, is the second most important coach in an NHL organization is the guy that's the head coach of the AHL team. To me, it's not a job that you just, you know, hand over to a guy that, yeah, whatever, you know, and you, you can't be indifferent about it. I, I do think there needs to be a belief that you can grow and develop this coach in time. And this coach plays a critical role in the growth and development of your players. And it has to be a priority first, secondarily followed by winning. Uh, in a perfect world, they come hand in hand. I'm not convinced that's always the case. This is a critical time. they got a bunch of really good young forwards. They're, they're not, you know, I mean, Yamamoto, I would say, is an A-grade prospect. Um, you know, Mar- uh, Cooper Marodi and Cameron Habig and Tyler Benson maybe B-grade at this stage. We'll mm. see how they, how they grow and develop. And, and so they've got some of their own guys. So this is a pretty important juncture for the Oilers because they're going to have to build support depth moving forward over the next two to three years for players like that. Bob Stoffer joining us here on 6.30 Chet Inside Sports. Draft lottery completed on Saturday, and the rest of the NHL breathes a sigh of relief because the Oilers did not win first overall. But they do drop one spot uh, to 10th. Um, tell me what could be available at number 10. Maybe not necessarily a name but if you want to drop a name or two that's fine but what type of player could be available that could could fit the Oilers need well that's a, that's a, I mean there's sort of a cons- I think there's a consensus top five so obviously there's Rasmus Dahlin uh, I think there's another defenseman at five in that range and that's Joe, uh, Evan Bouchard 
uh, who's the highest scoring defenseman out of the OHL since Ryan Ellis. Uh, and then there's the three forwards, uh, Svechnikov, who everybody has at two, uh, and then Brady Kachuk and uh, Philippe Zadina at, uh, at, at, you know, sort of in that three, four range. So then there's a second, maybe a, another group of defensemen that might include Adam uh, Boquist, he's Swedish defenseman. There's a defenseman named Noah Dobson, who's uh, played in the QMJHL. And then there's some uh, there's a terrific American forward named Oliver Walser. He missed the wide open net in the final second on a rolling puck in the U18. Uh, a Finnish forward as well uh, named uh, uh, Kakaniemi, who was very good at the U18s. And a guy named Barrett Height that plays for uh, uh, Sault Ste. Marie. They're playing tonight, actually, in Game 7 of their third-round series. So I think I've mentioned, uh, I think, 10 guys there. If, and the one guy I didn't mention was the, the older brother, Quinn Hughes. He's a defenseman that's playing in Michigan. The younger Hughes is apparently an unbelievable player. Uh, led the tournament scoring in the U18. So he's in next year's draft. But uh, basically there's about 10, 11 guys. Uh, there's another kid, Joseph Foligno, out of the queue, and then a kid named Ty Smith that's the, the highest-ranked WHLer. Edmonton, you know, my guess is, of that second tier, Wallstrom will be gone because he can score. I think Hughes is going to be gone because he can really move the puck. Um, I think eh, I think Dobson will be gone and Boquist will be gone. Mm-hmm. And so that'll sort of and there's, and there's a chance after the recent tournament, Coke and Yami can be gone too. They're going to get a good player. I think they should be looking to a forward myself. But uh, I think you know it's not set in stone. You know, draft at this. At 10, I dropped the best available player because, David, yeah. you know, sometimes you think you need a kicker. Mm-hmm. And it turns out you needed an offensive lineman. Yep, you that's right. Yep, know what you're saying completely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Bob, thanks for your time tonight. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, uh, working with you for the next couple of weeks there on Oilers now. So uh, we'll, have, we'll, we'll have some fun, okay? You know we will. Take care. You bet, Bob. Thank you so much. The host of Oilers Now and the analyst on the Oilers Radio Network uh, for the Edmonton Oilers, Bob Stoffer, joining us here on 630 Chet Inside Sports. Oh, another goal between the Bruins and the Lightning in the second period. Here's Pasternak, right circle, sent it into the slot, picked off by Palat. Intended for Bergeron, now point wheels in, near circle, hits the brakes, looking for the trailer, got it, he scores! Tyler Johnson coming late, goes roof! And the Lightning have a 2-1 lead. And that is Tyler Johnson's third goal of the postseason. 6.46. This is 6.30 Chad Inside Sports. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 6.30 Chad. 6.48. Coming up in the next hour, we'll speak with U of A Golden Bears head coach, Chris Morris, also Jen Kish, retiring uh, Canadian women's rugby sevens captain, who had a couple more uh, events to participate in, but because of injuries, she's calling it a career a bit early, earlier than she wanted. She was supposed to uh, compete at the Commonwealth Games and at a World Cup event, um, a World Cup tournament, but uh, nope, can't do it, unfortunately. Uh, the injuries just uh, took their toll. So that's unfortunate for Jen Kish. Uh, You know, it's interesting when we talk about Todd McClellan and him returning, a lot of people aren't surprised that he was returning or that he is returning. 
Of course, that was made uh, official on Friday. But John Shannon of Sportsnet made this comment earlier today on Orders Now, talking about, uh, yeah, Tom McClellan returning isn't a surprise, but uh, the fact that the coaching staff is not back, that kind of tells you how the year went for Todd McClellan and uh, maybe a bit of a consequence for being a bit too set in the ways. Maybe that's the, the, the fairest way of putting it. No, and it shouldn't be. I mean, I think Todd McClellan's got high pedigree as a head coach. Uh, what I would say is, and I think the next step, and, and we talked to Peter on Saturday as well uh, on our show on Sportsnet, um, is that, uh, you know, hiring those assistants and getting the right assistants so that there is uh, some level of dialogue and even conflict between the coaches uh, that that will allow the team to grow. Uh, you know, if, if, if there was the one criticism I would say of the coaching staff that existed was they were all on the same page all the time. Uh, and you don't necessarily get good ideas and you don't, it's important to have pushback. It's important to have new ideas. It's important to be flexible. And I do think, by the way, I do think Todd learned that lesson in the second half of the season. It's important to be flexible. And uh, I, I think going forward, and I, I, I fully expect a, uh, uh, a, an organization and a coaching staff that will be looking forward, changing, changing the, uh, the plan uh, as, as needed as the season goes on. Whereas I don't think they changed the plan very much until desperate times called for des- desperate measures last year. Well, that's an interesting comment. I think a valid comment. There was too much agreement within, a co- within, within that coaching staff. There needs to be more disagreement. Not that they're fighting all the time and and having discord, but I think a healthy exchange of ideas and, okay, I don't quite see it your way. I don't quite think we should do it this way. And then finding a solution, like problem solving, finding um, the right path through disagreement. That's interesting. Uh, you can text in at 630-630. Jim says, Jay Woodcroft is trading in his frequent flyer card for a bus ticket now, not really a promotion. Well, if you're looking at it from a travel perspective, I guess not, Jim. But when you look at it from a head coach or a assistant coach, associate coach, now running his own bench, even if it, has, if it, even if it is at the American Hockey League level, then, yeah, I would call it a promotion. In that respect, yes, it's going down uh, a level, but it is a very important job. The head coach of your American Hockey League and your top farm club with your head coach in the National Hockey League, I do see the synergy there. I don't know how it's going to work. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to work. I don't know if it'll work, but I think it's something that is worth trying you know, and and no no offense to Jerry Fleming, who I think is a good coach, but Jay Woodcroft knows the system. He will know the prospects. He has worked with Kyler Yamamoto already, for example, and now he will get the young players, the young prospects, the those players that are, you know, the organization is hoping that they will be able to make an impact, and he'll get to work with them. Now it's, again, will it work? I don't know if it'll work. But you can kind of see why they're doing it, the way they're doing it. It's a critical time for the Oilers. They have a critical offseason coming up, as far as Peter Shirelli is concerned. 
they have to draft well. And this is an organization that hasn't drafted well. It appears that they have drafted a decent uh, crop from last season. Safin and Maximoff and Sumarukov and obviously Yamamoto. And then, you know, look beyond that, Tyler Benson. And then there's others that will be coming in. Cooper Marodi is a highly sought or a highly touted uh, prospect as well. You know, they got to find a way to make sure that those players will be ready for the NHL level. Uh, we'll take your phone calls here. Uh, we have room for Elvis. Hey, Elvis. Hey, Dave. How's it going, bud? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm enjoying a nice drive home from work, enjoying the sunshine. I had a good weekend. And, you know, I watched the uh, I watched the lottery, and uh, I couldn't even get ramped up for it because I thought if we, if we somehow sneak in the top three, that's just total thievery. Uh, we've, we've done something, I don't know. So it was it was fun. But my biggest concern is I, I, I love the idea of Woodcroft going down to the uh, the American League because now you've got two coaches that think think similar, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and these kids can, can, these young men, I guess, should, will be able to be groomed so that when they when they do, do show up at the Oilers uh, on, a, on a call-up or whatever the case may be, they'll at least have some, they'll have a system that they're used to. That's what I'm kind of hoping for. They'll, they'll they'll have a system that's in play. I'm not sure if that was so much the case when when Fleming was down there. I don't know that to be 100 percent true. Yeah, I don't know. I I I don't know. And I think it's a better chance if if the system was, you know, if Jerry Fleming was having trouble translating the system now there won't be that issue that that Jay Woodcroft can go into that locker room in Bakersfield and 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 you know and show it on the board show it in video and show it on the ice during practice and and during games absolutely and I mean like uh, the one gentleman who sent the text or called in and said this is this is not a uh, this isn't a promotion I beg to differ this uh, Woodcroft's got an opportunity here to become a head coach which is He's only in his 40s, which I think was in his long-term goal to begin with. Mm-hmm. And you, you look at this team, like, I mean, uh, you look at the draft. I am, my biggest fear that I have right now and is, is that I'm scared that Shirelli is going to be in a panic mode to have a quick fix on this team and, and uh, make too many deals for the now and, and, and not... Uh, not, not, not having that well, flow going forward. We know he's not going to deal Nugent Hopkins. That's he's made that pretty clear. But yeah, after that, what do you do, right? Yeah. And I know some people would say if you can trade Lucic contract away for something, you know, decent, half decent, something that could help you, that'd be great. But I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, if it does no. happen, then it's going to be an amazing coup by Peter Shirelli. But yeah, I mean, he's got to make he's got to make the right moves, and I don't know what he can deal out there. I mean, I think Oscar Clefbaum is a realistic possibility. Um, I don't know if I like that, but at the same time, you know, Peter Shirelli is kind of forced into a situation where he's got to do something, but, you know, the quick fix isn't available out there as well. Elvis, we got to go. Thank you very much. Thanks, appreciate man. it. I appreciate it. I'll keep listening. You. Thank you very much. Yeah, Elvis. Haven't heard from Elvis in a long time, so that, that was pretty cool. News is next from the 630 Chad 24-Hour News Center. We'll keep you posted on the Stanley Cup final action on this Monday. One game is going on. It is uh, late in the second period of play, and the 
Tampa Bay Lightning are leading the Boston Bruins by a score of 2-1. Second period just ended. Uh, that series in the second round is tied at 1. We will talk boxing. We will talk rugby. We will talk football and more hockey in our number two of Inside Sports. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.